Good morning. So thank you, thankful that you're here today. Thank you for being a part of our service. And, and uh, if you're a guest with us, thank you again uh, for being here. My name is Pastor Scott, and we're just honored that you're here today to worship with us. And I hope you've been blessed by the worship so far this morning. And uh, if you got a connection card, if you came in, you should have received a program. Inside the program is a connection card. We just ask you to take a minute, let us know who you are. Fill this out, and then at the end of the service, as you leave, you can either drop it in one of our boxes, offering boxes, or you can give it to me. I'd love to meet you after the service, give you a free gift. I thank you for coming today, and thank you for being here at Lake Point this morning. And if you're a regular attender, you know, at least uh, take the, check out the program. We've got a lot of things on the back of that connection card, a lot of things to be involved. Fall is happening. It's right around the corner, believe it or not. You know, some kids started school last week. Some are starting this week. And, uh, and some are starting in about another week. And so school is back in place. I think all the parents are excited today, you know, to get kids to go, you know, get away. And, uh, but um, we're excited for all that. And uh, so check it out. We've got Volunteer Appreciation Night coming up in a couple weekends. On September 10th, we have a Sunday called calling it No Excuse Sunday. No Excuse Sunday. And, uh, now, if you're sick, you have an excuse, okay? If you're out of town, you're out of excuse. But really, we just want to try to get a Sunday, get back in God's house, you know, a lot of vacationing, and, and things are kind of settled down a little bit, back to school. And so we're going to really have a special day where we get everyone back in the room, and, uh, and, and uh, we got free ice cream, ice cream truck after both services, so, you know, uh, you know, come out here and get free ice cream. It'll be a great day. If you want to invite somebody, of course, invite them to come. Be a part of our service on September 10th. And uh, so, but anyhow, we're just excited to see what God is doing here at Lake Point. Um, before we get into this, I, I, I did it this morning. To, but if you are a, um, a teacher, maybe you're a, uh, an administrator in school, a school administration, maybe you're a bus driver, um, uh, secretary, teacher, assistant. Um, if, if you fall in one of those categories for school, can you just stand up for just a minute? Just stand. Don't, don't, don't hesitate. There we go. All right. Just remain standing for just a minute. And uh, we had a good number of, of folks in the first service as well. And uh, we're just thankful for what you guys are doing to minister and uh, you know, invest in our kids uh, in, in, in the school year. I want to pray for you, all right? We've already prayed, but we're going to pray right now just for you guys. Will you join us? God, we thank you for every one of these individuals that are standing right now. God, we pray for your hand of blessing as they go forth in the, into, the, into the world to teach our next generation of kids. You know, to teach them education, but to teach them life skills. But God, at the end of the day, may they see, may the kids see Jesus and every one of these servants. I pray that your hand and blessing be on them as they teach and minister to the, to the kids, teenagers, in the next coming school year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's give them a hand. Thank you, guys. <laughs> well, we're in the last part of this series. We've been in a four-week series on balance. And I got my, if you were here last week, you saw me uh, with a bat. And, I, you know, it's all about balance. And we'll talk about three physical laws. 
Again, those three physical laws. Whoa, whoa. I got nervous, didn't you? Uh, it's a reference point, number one, because I got to keep my eyes on that bat when I'm doing it. If I keep my eyes here, I have good control of the bat. And that's, object, that's, first, that's the first law, have a reference point. We're set in the area of our finance. You know, if you have a reference point, you need to know where your money is going. Uh, that's the basic economics. You'd be surprised how many people don't do that. I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you. You need to know where your money is going. You should spy, spy on your money all the time. All right, and that's the reference point. And then we said that third law of physical balance is the law of clear objective. What are you trying to do? Again, I'm trying to make sure that this bat doesn't, doesn't fall on anybody, and that's my objective here. And so we said in our area of finance, we have a clear objective, and that is, you know, we want to manage our money and everything that we do to honor him. Everything that we have, and not just in the giving part, but in our living part. We manage our money, and we honor God with everything. That's, a, that's an objective. And so if we understand where our money is going, a clear reference point, we understand why we manage money, then we'll go to that second principle, which is we have to have constant correction. I, can't, I constantly have to move my hand so that I can constantly keep this bat from not falling. And we said in the area of finance, you have to constantly adjust, make corrections in all different areas. We talked about a couple areas last week. We talked about uh, debt. You know, we talk about making adjustment in your debt. And for some of us, we're out of control with our debt. It's way, we're way overhead. We're, we're, just, we're running all over the place. And we're losing control because of debt. Some of us, you know, we have all these extras. And our extras, we, we said it in week one, we're, we're more disciplined when we have less. We're less disciplined when we have more. You know, and if you have extras, we tend to get a little loose, a little crazy. We stop tracking. We, stop, we don't track where our money is going. We're not as disciplined. We're out of balance with our extras. And we'll talk about your extras last week. We'll talk about, um, today we're going to talk about spending. We're going to actually talk about a spending plan, developing a plan that you can constantly balance your life, make an adjustment in every season of life. And so it's all about balance. Now we said in physical law of balance, if you violate any physical laws of balance, there's an immediate consequences, right? It falls. But in the area of our finance, we don't always see the immediate consequences. And so you're all over the map, you're all over the place, you're trying to balance something, you're out of control, and over time it's exhausting. It spills over in other arenas of your life. It affects your marriage. It affects your future. And it brings a ton of stress in your life. And so there are biblical principles on how we can be balanced so that we have margin, that we can have peace, that we're not living a life of stress in our lives. Susan, you got the bat. All right? So thank you. And so we're talking about those three things. So today we want to talk about developing a plan. Now, as we get started, there are five ways 
there's essentially five things that you can do with your money. And I'm going to add subcategories, but I'm going to give us five basic things. All right, if you want to look on the screen, number one, the first thing that we do with money is we spend it. A lot of us have no problem spending money, right? Number two, we pay off debt. We pay off debt. Hopefully, you know, you don't have a lot of debt, but, you know, you, you can repay debt. Number three, you got to pay your taxes, and I hope you're doing that. Otherwise, you might be in big trouble. All right, so you got taxes. Number four, you can save your money. And number five, you can give your money. And so those are the five things that we do with our money. And for most of us, most of us, as Americans, this is the order of our priority. Our priority. Priority number one, we spend. Priority number two, we pay for the things that you couldn't afford in the first place. Priority number three, you know, you, you, you've got to pay the taxes. Priority number four, maybe save some. And then priority number five, whatever I have left, I can give maybe to the people in my community, to a local church, to local charity. Five things that we do with our money. And this is our priority for the most part. For the most part, this is our priority. Now, let me go through the list one more time. If you're taking notes, you see a blank next to each line. And I want to put a different spin on you. All right? Number one. Ready? Me. Number two. Me. Number three. America. We. Number four. Me. And number five, God and others. Now, let me, let me go over that again because that was really complicated. All right, number one, me, me, we, me, God, and others. That's our priority for the most part. Now, the problem with this, from a Christian perspective, this puts God on the bottom of the list, on the bottom. God gets whatever's left, our leftovers. In spite of the fact that many followers of Jesus don't prioritize our money this way, it don't keep us, and it doesn't keep us when we get in trouble, from going to God and saying, God, would you help me? Help me with my money. God, I, I need a job. God, help me. I need, I need to get my kids through college. God, I need a scholarship. I need a job. God, help me. Help me. Help me take care of me. And then if God, if there's any leftover, then I will take care of you. Please, God, where you get involved in my finances. And the way you prioritize your personal finances, it represents either an open door to your Heavenly Father or a closed door to your Heavenly Father. 
Now, in both the Old and the New Testament, the way that we prioritize, and that's the key word today, priority, prioritize. The way we prioritize our money represents an open door to God or a closed door to God. Now, this right here, this priority system that we see, this priority system that we have is a closed door. It's me, me, we, me, God and others. It's a closed door. When we say to our Heavenly Father, God, oh, help me, bless me, give me, give me opportunities, help me to close the sale, help me to get the job. God, I want you to be involved in my life, but God, I need you to know that you are number five on the list. And my prayer today is that we will open our eyes, open our ears, but not only that, but open our hearts and see the priority that God wants to have in our lives. I want us to look at two passages of Scripture today, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. And, uh, and, and I, I want to argue as best as I can uh, that if you will begin to change the way that you uh, prioritize your money, the way you manage your money, that you will be offering an, an invitation for God to do something unusual in the, in the area of your finances. I want to look at Old Testament and the book of Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi the prophet came to the nation of Israel, and, and he was speaking out against the leadership of Israelites, the Israelite leaders. And, and he said to the nation, hey, you're bringing all your leftovers to God. All your leftovers go on him. And, and it's a funny part here in the scripture in Malachi where he said you're bringing your sheep to God and sheep that you won't even eat yourself. You know, you're, you're, you're bringing, you wouldn't even feed it to a guest. You're taking the most scrawny, the most, the, the ugliest, Sheep that you've got, you know, the one that was chased around by a dog, the one that got his leg caught in the gate, you know, with the broken leg. You're bringing your, 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 your lousy gift to the Lord, and you're presenting them to God, and God is just not honored by it. He's not honored by your lame gift. He's not honored. And then we get to the meat of his message in Malachi, and we listen, we see the issue of priority. Priority. These were people who were given, but their priorities were upside down. But follow along with me in chapter 3, verse 7. God, through the prophet Malachi, he said, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees, my laws, and you've not kept them. And then God said, return to me, and I will return to you. Stop here for just a second. Return to me, and I will return to you. Now, this didn't mean that God wasn't present. This didn't mean that God didn't know what was going on. But in some kind of a physical, tangible, and relational way, God said to the nation, I, I would love to move in your direction, but I'm waiting for you to move in mine. I would love to move in yours, but I'm waiting for you to move in my direction. He said, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, well, how do we do that? How do we return? 
And so the people in Israel would say, well, what does that look like? How do you return to God? And verse number eight, will a mere mortal rob God? And people are going, well, no. Who will rob God? And God said, well, yet you robbed me. And that's a bold statement. He said, whoa, how are we robbing you? How do we rob God? And God said, in tithes and offerings. Now, let me talk about this for just a minute. A tithe, most of you know this, is a tenth, 10 percent. The Jewish people in this particular time, this is about 400 years before Christ, 400 B.C., uh, before, you know, before Jesus showed up, the people of Israel had to give a double tithe. Can you imagine that? A double tithe. They had the regular tithe on a periodic basis. You know, whenever they got paid, monthly, weekly, quarterly, and they would, they would tithe that, and that would go to the temple to, to, to help the priest take care of the sacrificial system, all the upkeep of the tabernacle. But then they had a second tithe. They would save all year round. They would save a tenth, an, an, an extra tenth. And in the fall, every year in the fall, they came to Jerusalem for a national feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. And the, that second tithe went to fund, went to help fund this feast. I mean, they had the best. They had barbecue, I think. I don't know. Barbecue probably was a little not what they were allowed to eat. But I like to think they had barbecue, okay? You know, and ice cream. I, I'm a little off script here. But they had the best, okay? Best food. They had the best meal. And then whatever was left over from that fun went towards helping the, the, the poorest of the poor in the community. And so this was the... This Feast of Tabernacle was a way of uh, was to celebrate the unity of the of the nation. And so they had these two tithes. And so Israel, they knew this. This was, this was in their laws. And their Old Testament laws, according to God's law, they were to they were to tithe on a regular basis, a double tithe, you know, annually. The first tithe, you know, when they got paid, the second tithe every year around the fall. But God through the prophet Malachi says, you've been robbing me of tithe. You've not been given in a way that honors me. Given is no longer a priority. And in that way, God says, you've been robbing me. Now look at verse number nine. He said, you, by the way, talking to Israel, not to us. You understand that, okay? You are under a curse. Your whole nation because you are robbing me. So God, you know, God has set up a deal way back at Moses, 1300 B.C., all right? And so he set up a deal way back there. God said, look, you honor me first, and I'll honor you back. You, didn't, I, I, you honor me first, I'll protect you from all your enemies. You honor me first, I'll, your crops will be the best. You honor me, honor me first, I'll protect you from all the enemies. Your nation will be great. You, you honor me first, and you have many babies. You honor me first, you know. Um, all the nations will look in and say, wow, what is going on? Who is their God? Honor me first. That was the deal that was set up. However, 
they have drifted away. They have drifted away from there. They were no longer, by the time 400 BC, they were no, num no longer the number one nation in the world. They were subservient to other nations surrounding them. They were poor. They were, they, they were going through so much civil war. In fact, there's a 400 years uh, of silence after Malachi, of God not saying anything from Malachi to Matthew. There was, there was strife, civil wars that was happening. It was a time of unrest. They have gone so far away from God. People actually had written off God in that 400 years. It had gotten worse. I mean, it got bad in Malachi, but it got worse in those 400 years. They, they, people were like, man, that was just a story. It was a fable. And, and, and so they drifted. God was not a priority. Look at verse number 10. Here's the command. He's telling them, bring the whole, he said, bring the whole tithe. He said, not your lame leftovers. He said, bring your whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. God's saying, I want you to bring the whole thing to me. Quit, quit spinning it all. Quit skipping it all. Give me the whole tithe. Then there will be food in my house. Now look at verse number 10. Test me in this. Test me, said the Lord Almighty. Now, this is kind of tricky, but test me. It, it, it's not like touching Jesus where, where Jesus said, don't tempt the Lord your God. That's not what that is. That's different. Tempt the Lord your God is you come up with an idea and see if God will do your bidding. That's not what he's talking about. Verse 10 is different. It says, God said, test me. Try me. I, I dare you. I, I double dog, double camel, double sheep, whatever it was back then. I dare you, I dare me to watch me first, to make me number one, and then watch and see what I do. Test me. God said to the nation, Jesus said that we'll see in just a minute, uh, this isn't about your money. It's not about God getting your money. This is, at the end of the day, it's about your heart. That's what we said all along in this series. It's about your heart, your devotion. It's where God says, I want to be number one. And God knows you. God knows me. And God knows this, that when God is number one in your life, then your heart follows the money trail. Your devotion follows the money trail. God said, I want to bless you. I want to come on strong on your behalf. And how we do that? God said, I want you to prioritize me in the realm of your finances. Not about money, it's about, it's, about, it's about devotion, priority. God said, I don't want to be number five. God said, I don't want to be number seven, number ten. I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to be all that, and then you get on your knees at night and say, God, help me, help me, help me. God, help me move in my direction. God said, well, I want you to move in my direction first. Move in my direction. Look at verse 10. He said, test me in this. All right, double dog, you know, whatever you got to do, try God, you know, test me in this, God said. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, that's his promise. 
to Israel. I, it said, test me, put me first, move in my direction, then watch and see what I do. That's a promise to the nation of Israel. That's not a promise to the United States of America. Y'all with me? This is not a direct promise to you and to me. However, it does reflect a principle that we see all throughout the scripture that in any area of our lives where we put God first, God says, look, now you have thrown open the door and you have invited me in in that area of your life, including your finances. You have opened the door for me to move in your direction. And as you read the New Testament, we see this all throughout the scripture. In fact, you know, God moved in our direction first. He sent his son, Jesus. He moved in our direction before we even moved, before we even thought of him. He moved in your direction. And he gave his son so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have a model of how we can live and how we can live with grace and truth. The question is, will we throw open the doors of our lives and make him a priority? Look at what Jesus said in, in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, In fact, I mentioned this again. We've got about 30 people going to the Holy Land in February. We're going to actually go to the place where Jesus said these words. And, uh, and if, you're not, if you're like, man, I want to come, I'm th- we'd love for you to come. It's going to be an awesome, awesome group. And uh, let us know on the back of your connection card or talk to me. But join us in February next year to be a part of the Holy Land trip. But Jesus said this in the the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. This is the verse that we started back in week number one. It said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God, both God and money. God says, you know, either I'm going to be number one or you're going to be number one on the list. But we can't, both can't be number one. We have to prioritize. You cannot serve both God and money. Now look at verse number 31. It's part of the same sermon. It said, Jesus said, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Now, I want you to hold that verse here for just a second. I want you to look at that W and we. I want you to turn it upside down. All right? And so what shall me eat? What shall me drink? What shall me wear? Jesus said, we should not worry about what we, or what me drink, me wear, me eat. What shall me eat? Me, me, me. I'm worried about number one. That's why I'm number one. Me. It's all about me. What shall we or me drink? And Jesus said, you're so worried about stuff. You're so worried about it that you put you on the top of the list and you put me on the bottom of the list. Jesus said, people that have this mindset, people that have this priority, that's what the pagans do. Look at verse number 32. He says, for the pagans, they, they run after all these things. They've got the me, me, we, me 
and they're gods. You know, they put that on the bottom of the list. They're more self-centered thinking about themselves. He said, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. In other words, God got your back. Stop worrying about me, 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 and make him number one. And look at verse 33. This is the last verse. Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. In other words, Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn the list upside down. I want you to put me and others first. I want you to seek me first. If you're taking notes, the direction, priority of my money should reflect the direction, priority of my heart. You see, to honor God, our priorities must reflect God's priorities. So, takeaways. We're done. We'll wrap this up here. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to change your mindset. To flip the list. You see the list. Spend, debt. Taxes, save, and on the bottom, give. I challenge you to flip the list. To give first. Give to God, give to others. To save, taxes, take care of your debt, and to spend. Live on the rest. I'm going to simplify it. Three words. I'm going to take that list. I want to simplify it in three words. Give, save, live. Write that down. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. When you get paid, you give, you invest in God's kingdom first. Then you invest in your kingdom by saving. And then you decide how to live on the rest. Give, save, live. Give before you spend. Write that check first. Say, God, I want to make sure that your kingdom and your concern get funded first. And I'll figure out a way to live on the rest. Give before you pay debt. Some of you some of you say, well, I got my debt. You give before you pay your debt. You've been robbing God for so long. You, you, you put debt way up here. You got in the mess in the first place. It's not God's fault. Your fault. You got out of balance. Y'all with me? You, know, you got to manage that. Constant correction. But find a way to give first. Then cover your debt. Cover your debt. Then the next check that you write, you save. You save. No matter how small, it's a habit. Start the habit. Listen, I know we got some 
teenagers. She started working this past summer. Got some college kids, college age, maybe in your 20s. You know, oh, saving, I, I'm good. I don't, I'm not worried about my future. You know, I want to leave it out now. Now, listen, start the habit when you're young. Start the habit now. Save. Save. And then you live on the rest. You adjust your living on the rest. But challenge you to think percentage. Think percentage, not just dollars, but percentage. And this system needs to ebb and flow with your income. Season change. And then you might have a job one year that's really good, and all of a sudden you had to take a pay cut. Or you lost a job, and you had to take a new, get a new job to pay less. All right? And so think of percentage, not dollar amount. You know, um, the world is constantly throwing out percentage. It's just funny, but yesterday I was spying on my money on the online bank account, you know, and just seeing how things work, just categorizing everything. And there was an article right there in my online banking, as, you know, proposing, you know, um, a budget, it was a budget article, and we called it 50 30 20 budget principle. And I, I was interesting because I was thinking about percentage for this message. I said, that's interesting. So I see what they advertise, and they said, the world's mindset. It goes back to that, you know, priority with me, me, we, me, and God and others. And the 50, 30, and 20, 50% is your need. Take care of your needs first. And they said, 30%, take care of your wants. Whatever you want, that's your 30%. And then the last, the last 20% is your saving. And for the, for the world mindset, okay, that might make sense. But in a godly life, that is a self-centered mindset. I'm going to challenge you to think a percentage. Think of, first of all, what percentage that God wanted you to give for giving? Think about what that looks like. You know, for Carrie and I, we have felt led by God in our entire marriage, you know, at a minimum 10%. 10%. We've asked God to challenge us, you know, every year. And that's grown. Not by much, but we, we look. If God just bless us, we want to bless back. You know, if, 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 if the Lord blesses us with the, with the pay increase, and so thank you, Lord, for the pay increase. We want to give more. And we, we try to do what we can. It may not be an increase every year, but we try to up it a little at a time. There might be a time where I might have to go back, but we have determined 10% is the minimum. But I would love one day where we can reverse tithe. Have you ever heard that? Where you give 90 and live on 10. I've known people that have done that. I really have. I've known people that have done that. I told Karen, as soon as you write a book and they become a number one seller, we can reverse tithe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, we, we, we don't want to just be satisfied with that. We want to say, God, you deserve more. And we want to give as much as we can. And this is where we're at. I, I, I can't speak for you. Where you speak, ask God, say, God, what, what is that you want us to do? And be consistent. Be consistent. Don't, don't look at your budget first, though. Say, God, we want us to start and let everything else follow. Save it. 
Now, David had done, I pretended it had always been where I wanted to be. It had been in the past few years. It worked hard to get what David number, a percentage. And, uh, and, and, uh, and that's good. So think about what that looks like. And then we adjust our life to the rest, to the rest of it. And I promise you, when you live your life in this order, when you give God first, you're opening the doors for God to work in your life. I've got stories upon stories upon stories where God just shows up and waits to always take care of us. And he will take care of you. Gotta keep your eyes on where it's going. Gotta know where your money is going. Find your money at all times. You've got to determine to honor God with everything. You gotta constantly make those adjustments. Debt, saving, your spending, your giving. Constantly make an adjustment in every different season of life. You prioritize your life around give, save, live. When you do these things, your life will be richer. Your relationship will be richer. Your heart will get bigger, but most of all, God will be honored. And so here's my question. Will you be willing to go home and work on this? I, I, listen, I know this is not an easy decision. I know that it's not a quick decision. It's not an overnight thing. But will you begin to look in the area of your finances? You, say, oh, you know, you say that you love God, but God, I want to reflect that right here with, my, with the way. I want my money trail to reflect that as well. I want to seek first the kingdom of God in the most difficult area to seek God first. And if you seek the kingdom of God in this area, if you make him first, all these other things will be added unto you. You will have more peace. You will have more margin. You, you will have a better story to tell. And ultimately, your life will be rich. Rich. Because you can lie in bed with rest and peace, knowing that your heavenly Father is taking care of you, that you trust him. And so what's your percentage? Give, save, live. If you need help with this, there's a conversation, feel free to reach out to me, but we want to help you. In fact, this fall we're offering a class called Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey based, got a couple individuals here in our church that um, are in the world of finance. They're going to be leading this class it's on Saturday morning, starting October 7th for two hours for nine weeks. If you miss a week, they got to, you can watch it online. You know, you get a couple free, free videos you can watch. I encourage you, if you're out of balance, listen, if you're, I would challenge every, every young people in this room to take this class. Karen and I took this class about 13 years ago, and I'm like, man, I wish I, I wish I learned this. I wish I took this class when I was 18 years old. I wish I learned this when I was 19 years old. 
Don't wait till you're 40 and you made all the mistakes. Start living a life of peace because you're balanced. And you make him first place in all of your life, including your finances. Our Heavenly Father, we ask you to help us today. Help us to make you first in our life. God, I pray that we will be prioritized. And I know, God, this might take some work. It might take, take some time. But, God, I pray that we'll make some commitment. Whatever that looks like. To examine our giving. To examine our saving and living. And that everything that we do, not just the giving part, but in all of it, we honor and glorify your name. We want to seek you first and open the doors of heaven. Oh, God, we want you to move in our direction. Help us to move in yours in the way that honors you. We thank you for this message series. I pray that we take it to heart, that we will live balanced lives so that we can make an impact for you in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.